passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello, Ball Nation. Welcome to another episode of Believe in DC Football. I'm your host, as always, Kyler Curveson, joining Reed Bacon. have another amazing podcast today. It was a bye week, and I think Tennessee won it. Uh, before we get into all of that, if you guys are watching, please subscribe and like and leave a comment. We love answering those. We love interacting with you guys, and it really helps us. Uh, if you're just listening, rate and review download and re-download and share with friends and family. Let them know about this podcast we got going on. That is the best way for us to grow is just sharing word of mouth. Uh, so on this podcast, we're talking a little bit more about that for Florida fourth quarter. Uh, we kind of rushed through it last pod. We're breaking down LSU. We're talking about their strengths and weaknesses about this last game they had versus Auburn. We're also talking SEC news. Georgia barely squeaking out versus Missouri. Kentucky losing to Ole Miss. And then we end it with a little conversation of Dobbs versus Hendon. Which one is better? So, great podcast. Let's jump into it. By the game. Snap. The kick is in the air. And the kick this time is no, sir, Reed. No, sir, Reed. Tennessee 20, Florida 17. Pandemonium reigns. Looks, loads up, fires long for the end zone. The pass is going to be caught on Tennessee. Tennessee wins! by Tennessee to one Jennings. Jennings makes the catch in the end zone on the Hail Mary. Down at the 35, to the 40, to the 45, to the 50, to the 45, to the 40, to the 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. What did he do? All he did was score. Joey Pitt, touchdown on play number one. All right, so before we get into the podcast, we got to shout out our number one sponsor, betonline.ag. You guys know, I say at every podcast, it is the place to go for all your betting news and odds and sports, everything. That This is the place, okay? With Bet Online, you get the most up-to-date fighting news. You get to bet on MLB games going on right now, NFL. I mean, you can bet on anything, team total wins, division wins, uh, individual players, all of it, okay? So now is the time to sign up. At Bet Online. you can sign up on your mobile device or 
you can uh, go online, get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BELIEVE at checkout. That's B-L-E-A-V. And you get that 50% welcome bonus. So listen, y'all, please use that. Please go to bet online when you're doing all your sports betting. It makes things a lot more fun and a lot more interesting. Um, and I always love them. They're the place to go. Bet online. It's where the game starts. All right. Welcome in, everybody. Got another amazing podcast. Um, the Vols are still 4-0. And I believe they won the bye week. Uh, but we will talk about that as we go. First, before we get into anything, Reed, how are we doing, bud? Yellow. Of you know course, what? you're eating at the moment, as in true Reed fashion. Yeah, I apologize. It's two weeks in a row, but I'll wrap this up semi-quick. I just had some Korean ribs from Wholesale's Country Club, which are banging. Now I got some little baby chicken uh, sliders. Um, hey, I'm doing well, as you can see. Got my Titan stuff on. They wanted to give it away today, but they but they held on. They won. Uh, pretty good performance, Miami. I mean, they played pretty well in the first half. Um, they're just they're just not the same team of three years ago, and then even last year. Um, no. But you know, it it is what it is. I'm still there to cheer them on and in full form. You know, it was nice to have an off week. I miss watching the boys, but in a way, it's less stressful. You know, it definitely it, is. I, I don't have that thing that I'm looking forward to as much. I mean, I was looking forward to the Titans because huge game at Indianapolis. But, you know, I still miss seeing the boys in orange running around out there. So Dude, was Saturday was relaxing. Yeah. And, so two weekends in a row, we get to see each other. So, you know, last weekend you came in and we went to the game and hung out basically all day. You know, after the game, we went and got some delicious pizza from Gavino's and Bearden, and it was smacking. And then we went out for a little bit to see your brother so that, you know, I, I very rarely uh, grace the presence of the out uh, of the um, going out life, but it was fun. And then Sunday we played a little golf before you left. And then fast forward a week and I see you again on Saturday because I come over to Nashville to look at some property and uh, we get to play at Harpeth Hills, which anybody that lives in Nashville – Harpeth Hills, like when I lived in Nashville, I basically grew up playing at Harpeth Hills or the golf house, the little golf house in Tennessee, because I was younger. Um, and so that place always kind of held a little special place in my heart. So we went and played there yesterday afternoon. It was a gorgeous day, Beautiful. but it was hilarious, bro. It was hilarious because of how hard those greens were. And you and I were just cackling. <laughs> Insane. I, I like – I was pin high on the green, probably 15-foot putt, just aimed right for the hole, and I went high. And it just trickled, 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 fell off the green into the run, just kept going. And I'm like, I don't I don't know what you want me to do here. Yeah, like, it, it was so – It's if, if any friends ever played there, it's just the number three, par three uphill. Pin was in the front, so we were both like, all right, we kind of want to just be front edge, front front green. And Kyler hits a good shot, and he chips, and then he's got this this putt, you know, that's, like he said, about 15, 20 feet, and it breaks, and he doesn't kill it at all. I mean, it's a decent, pretty good putt. He could have played a little bit higher, but it gets, and it just rolls and rolls and rolls and rolls all the way to where it's like 10 feet off the green, and he and I are just laughing. And then you you hit it up there, and again, it starts trickling back. 
I have like literally like this far for a par putt and I hit it and it goes right underneath it. I'm thinking I'm just going to stop, just tap it in for, for bogey. And it Kyler's like, come on with me, come on with me. And it just trickles, trickles. So we were just cackling and laughing and having a good time. And uh, was kicking our ass. Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> but it was, it was fun. And it was, it was good to see you. Uh, how, what, how was your Sunday? Uh, it was good. Um, let's see. What all do we do today? I uh, watched the LSU Auburn game, you know, reviewed that for the pod. I, uh, golly, I have bad memory now, huh? I can't even remember what I did today. <laughs> um, groceries, uh, did some podcast stuff, answered some comments from the last video. Oh, I haven't, I haven't done that yet, but I will. Yeah. Um, which were good. I think. I'm trying to remember one of the comments where I was just like, what? Um, oh, it was like, you guys should eat your crow because uh, Brew McCoy is a beast. And I was like, no, huh. no one on this podcast ever said he wasn't. We said that he needs to prove something. Yeah. And show think, us yeah. something. And yeah, we don't just, dis- we don't dislike Brew. I mean, yeah. And I think he, I, I mean, I think he, we don't just, let me Florida. say, that's, that, that sounded bad. We don't, we don't dislike any of the players. I mean, we just thought the Jalen Hyde stuff was way overhyped. And probably we said the same thing about Brew, and we probably said – we both said that he was probably going to be like a third receiver. Um, I would say he stepped up. He's a little bit more than that. He's probably like a fringe two, or he is the number two probably. I guess it's yeah. a toss-up for everyone on here that loves Brew and Jalen decide who's the true number two. But, I mean, Cedric – I'm listen, I'm happy with how Brew's played. I think he's played well, and he has made some big plays and stuff. Oh, so, that, that's hey. great. Right here, Ramel Keaton's number two in this heart. Oh, I love Ramel. Love him. Love him. Um, okay, so I know we kind of ended last pod kind of quick just because yeah. we had to get out of there so long. But might be some points that you want to go across. I've got some little bit of the end of the Florida game. If we yeah, let me that. say this. Let me say this, and it did work out that I drove home from uh, – I almost said Florida. I drove home from Nashville last night, which it was perfect because I just put the phone up, and I, I and it really I had really good service pretty much the whole time, which was kind of funny. Usually it goes in and out a little bit, but I got to watch a lot of the Georgia-Missouri game, which we'll talk about, and I did get to watch a lot of the LSU-Auburn um, game, which I wanted to watch because of, of who we play. And mm-hmm. so you go – but, yes, I did go back and rewatch the fourth quarter of the Florida game. So you go ahead – you hit some of your stuff basically because I just want to wolf these three uh, chicken sliders down and here where you have to <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think most of the things that I got upset about on the defensive side, I kind of mentioned where I was just like, I felt like they were being very lackadaisical and not like giving full effort when they could. And it's just, <laughs> <laughs> is Annie going to get some too? I'll give her a fry. Good girl. She usually um, always it was just like being being that lackadaisical, like not putting forth a full effort. And like some part of me understands that where we've got this in the bag, like this game's over. D- you know, don't do anything crazy. Don't be jumping routes and then getting beat deep, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I still wish there was a little bit more out of them. And then like I saw some times where I was like, this should be a penalty. Like there, like there was an intentional grounding for sure on like first and 15, uh, where he, 
he was getting sacked inside the pocket and just launched it downfield. And it was just like, you're still in the pocket. There was no wide receiver close. Um, you know, and I thought there was like a lot of holding that was not called, which was annoying the shit out of me. Uh, and then this is kind of where I said to myself, like, Solomon Page at the moment is not the guy you need in the game when it's in the red zone for them to score, to bring them back into the game. Like, I don't care how tired Jeremy Banks is, but I want him in there. And I like, I'm sorry to Solomon Page, but it's just like, listen, dude, my red shirt, my red shirt year, my red shirt freshman year, my red shirt sophomore year. I should not have been in games late in the games to decide them on an offensive line. It should have been in Zach Fulton and Juwan James. And that's who was in because they were better than me at that point. That doesn't mean you can't get better, but I'm telling you right now, if it's an important moment, I don't want him in there. I I actually really appreciate you saying that so that it doesn't sound like, when we sit here and talk and maybe knock players, and I try to do it all the time and say, hey, I'm knocking a guy that's a thousand times better than me. But, like, I like that you're saying that so it doesn't just come off as high and mighty because it is so easy if you're a pot, you know, you're doing podcast or you're um, any sort of giving answers, analysis, or anything to come off as if, like, you are better than them or whatever. And, and so, and so, I'm glad that you said that. Second off, though, let me let me ask you this: What did you feel about the offense? Of the fact that, like, so when I was in the stadium, it just kind of felt like we were in a lapse of time. It was like we would run well, it. That was an they issue would stop too, they would, because it was like a false start, then a false start on them, then a delay a game, then a timeout, then a and it it literally. But the thing is, we still got a first. Like, we still got it. Yeah, they were, but but they were in like third down for like ten minutes. Like it was crazy. But the thing is, the funny thing is, is rewatching it today. We ended up getting a first down when they jumped off sides. So I mean, it's kind of we just didn't get the second first down. Right. I wanted to go back and watch and be like, did I think that we need to be more aggressive? Do I think we need to just run our offense? I'm like, no. Like, do the smart thing. And like, we were getting decent yardage on running plays until. There was like two run plays where your man, Big 21, held up the line of scrimmage and made a stop. It, it just – if you play sports, I don't I don't care what it is. If you're just playing anything and you know you're going to win, it's almost like let's just go ahead and wrap this up. And you just – you don't have that same fire, intensity, fire off the ball. It's kind of like, hey, this is done. Now, you still have to be a good enough competitor to finish it off, and that's why people always talk about like, are you playing to win or are you playing not to lose? And I'll be honest, when I'm playing, doing certain things sometimes at certain ages and things like if my confidence wasn't necessarily there with something, like I'm like, okay, like I got to, you know, I'm going to play not to lose compared to play to win. And I felt like that was slightly about that, except for the fact that like he didn't, uh, you know, Hypo didn't butch Jones or approve it. Like, he, he was playing smart, made them use their timeout, still getting some yards. And then he did go for it on fourth and two. Yeah. It just, the play, we did, and, and we had Brew open. We just didn't execute. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it was almost the same play as our touchdown before the half. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's like, I felt like he was doing what he could try to do to put the game away. Um, but he, it's just hard to, 
it's it's hard to put into words if you've never been in that situation of like when you know something's over and you just kind of have to get through the motions. And here's the thing too, when we run our regular offense, it doesn't matter if we end up in second and long. It like it doesn't matter if we're in third and seven. It it, it it's almost more open for us to move and do what we want to do. Like and when you're in that situation, you're handcuffed in a way where it's like, I need the clock to run. I cannot have it in completion. And the best way to do that is to run the ball. So right. what does that do to your full playbook? Cuts it in half. Right. So now I'm only running the ball and only throwing passes that are safe that I know will be completed and not go out of bounds. That takes a lot out of your offense, like a lot of play calls that you could have. So then you know, you're not going to drop back and pass and do that play where you're like, we might miss it, but who cares? It's going to be second and 10. I know we can get a first down. It's like, no, not at this point. I need the clock to run and I need to gain yards. So if we do end up punting, maybe we pin them deep. It's like, it's totally different kind of scheme when you're going into it. You almost get naturally handcuffed just because of what the game dictates and you're still doing the smartest thing. Now you could be, there's plenty of people be like, no, I'm playing to win. Heck with it. Okay. Air it out. Do what you want. The numbers probably aren't going to favor you. You might win. You might lose. Yeah. But like at least Hypo was still doing what he thought was the smartest thing to do. Um, and going I mean, back and guys, watching it, our first drive was all passes. We did not run the ball. We did not have a design run on our first drive. And it's like, what if he would have done that in this drive? And then it's 30 seconds off the clock. <laughs> it's like, oh, Florida has all the time in the world to go score. And, and and we didn't make them use their timeouts. At least this time we made them use their timeouts. And and we – I mean, the clock was like down to a minute. I mean, yeah. so like I'm they never should have been – I am not upset with telling me, hey, Anthony Richardson has to go score a touchdown with a minute left. He has to drive 65 yards and he has no timeouts. I was, I would have been like, great. No, no, you're forgetting something too. And he's still got to get an onside kick and go down and do it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, add that on too. I, I feel great about I feel great about my chances. So, let me finish this bite. <laughs> I love how you're like, yeah, I know it ate two weeks in a row. I, the fans in the comments will be like, Reed, you're insane. You eat every week. I know. I'm not going to next week though. I promise. <laughs> It's is it's as common as me drinking my voodoo. I mean, it's just it's just dinner. I mean, seven o'clock on Sunday. It's dinner time. What, what do you guys want from me? Like, give me a break. So, I'm not saying it's bad. So let me say this. So defensively is what I wanted to go back and watch. So I'm I'm sitting there watching. I'm like, okay, you know, I, I felt like defensively we still play calls were pretty much the same, except for one time he brought three and dropped eight and. AR had a bunch of time, and that's when they hit the really long, deep ball that floated in the air for air forever. And and Tate McCullough gets there to make the tackle. Like, there was never going to be a touchdown, but, like, he didn't break on the ball. And then you got the one where my man Kamal Haddon, like, he trips, but he does the smart DB thing. Like, if you're going to get beat, trip, tackle that guy. That he doesn't one, get loose. That was one where AR rolled out of the pocket, and Latrell like, blatantly got held. Like the offensive lineman was like gripping onto his jersey so he wouldn't get to Anthony Richardson. I was just like, right. guys. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I think a lot of that stuff, you, you, in a way, where the game is 
towards the end and it's yeah. kind of out of hand, I feel like people get away with that stuff a little bit more because everyone's just kind of like, all right, like let's let's get this like subconsciously, like the refs aren't like trying to just end it so Florida didn't have a chance, but it's kind of like, hey, it's just it's over. Let's just keep it moving. Uh, trying to go home. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. They're trying to get to Gavino's and smack some bruschetta like we were. <laughs> exactly. So, but anyway, so I watch all the defensive stuff, and I, I, I really, really, Kyler, I really felt like he was calling, "Hey, Georgia, you want to come get this dog? You want to come get this dog from like just squeaking this toy?" I love this. This is the best part about our podcast. All right, so anyways, so I really did feel like Tim Banks was pretty much calling the same type of game. Yeah. I just don't know if the guys had that same fire in their butt cheeks as usual because the game is over, basically. But that I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying, like, because I was watching, I was like, we're kind of playing fine. Like, we're not just being super bonehead. I mean, like I said, Tank could have maybe made a play on that ball that was super deep. It was a good design by Florida. He had all the time in the world because we only rushed three. Yeah. They did run a lot of zone. Obviously, they're going to run a lot of zone because they don't want AR taking yeah, they, off. They had like two plays that were dump offs into the flat. They both got like 15 yards. And it's like, yeah, because everybody was playing back and playing right. zone. Right. So, like, and like I said, you're going to play, yeah, you're going to play zone because you don't want everyone to turn and run with the receiver and then AR get 30 or 40 yards in the open field before anyone's like, what the hell's going on? So it's all it's all just a clock game. That that's all this really came down to. And it was funny as we were leaving, Jack was like, they didn't even have to go for those two points. He's like, if they just kicked field goals, like they would have had a chance to make a field goal at the end. So the fact that we stopped both of them, but really the the last two-point conversion that Christian Charles made, and I actually really like that defense. That was show blitz. We're in we're in basically zero coverage. People came. Then you had two mid-robbers. So I think Trey Flowers dropped as like a safety mid-robber right there on the front of the goal line. Jeremy Banks dropped back. They still tried to hit the slant. And Christian Charles made a good play. If they if they complete that, we might be in overtime. Because, you know what I mean? Or or we're going to go back in the future to my very first Florida game where they missed a kick and they tear down their goalposts. Because it was going to be a three-point game. And exactly. that, that would have been terrible and, and nerve-wracking and everything because – as you can answer this as a player, yeah, you've already gone through the emotion that you've won the game, and so yeah. if you have to, if you have to kind of lock back in and be like, "What?" Like you're almost like, "What the hell just happened?" And now you got to go finish it. That that's not a position I want to be in. But to kind of wrap up, like finish talking about it. I mean, like I said, I felt like the coaches. I feel like uh, Tim Banks, besides that one where he only brought three, the rest of the time, like he was bringing blitzes. We were trying to keep stuff in front. We didn't get the same pressure. AR was able to work himself around. He hit a couple nice throws inside the zones, and, like, they just completed it. So I'm going to say, like, I don't want to sit here and say that our defensive secondary is trash, but no. we've never said they, that we never said they were, like, great. We don't have a ton of difference makers back there. So we got a bunch of, you know, average, maybe above average players. And I actually do think that our front really does help our secondary out a lot, which that that's not news breaking in sports. I mean, some of the best, I mean, I'm not, I'm not telling you anything that you don't know, but I'm saying like for this team specifically, I think it really, really helps. Maybe last year, if our front wasn't getting as much pressure because we didn't have the depth or whatever, that's maybe why we gave up a lot of more easy stuff. Like the coaches can only call certain things. If you're either man or zone, 
And if you're a man, it's really difficult because you got to stay with someone who's a really good athlete and they know where they're going and you don't, or you're in zone. And if there's not pressure, then they can kind of find places in zone. So, so I, I, I really understand kind of keep everything in front of us, make a tackle, let this clock bleed. And really it should never happen if you just catch the onside kick. So, I mean, there's like three, like, if the offense just gets the first down and executes, if you just execute the onside kick, which like you said, the first one worked out great because Brew caught it, but we still only had like three dudes over there. And it was like, what, what are we doing? Like someone's got a in number in the thir- uh, number 31 Humphreys, uh, who's a special teams guy. Like the second, the after Brew even caught it, I saw him turn around and go to Prince and Fant. Like, what are we doing? Like, we need more bodies over here. Yeah. And then we didn't adjust to the second one, and it was a better kick, and they got it. So, like you said, last thought, I think that's more of the, hey, we got to make sure that we, if we're ever in this situation again, we're more ready compared to some of the other stuff that happened. I mean, you know, I guess the only other thing I could say to Tim Banks is, like, just bring the house on AR. But you know what? He did when it mattered towards the end of the game. So maybe he learned from his quote-unquote. <laughs> he brought six, man. He brought right. six to end the game, so I and you know, it, and you know what, we beat Florida. So we yeah, won, we, we fucking won. won. <laughs> we won the game. Yeah, so but those things almost make me feel even better because it's like, yeah, you fucking won, but you didn't win the best way possible. You still had mistakes. You still could have been better on special teams, better on defense, better on offense. You think you did everything that you could? You didn't convert that fourth and three. So how the heck are we going to fix it? You did let them score. So how the heck are we going to fix it? You did let them get the onside kick. How are we going to fix that? So it's like you still have those teaching points to be like, hey, humble your motherfucking self in this meeting. Don't act like big shots because you beat Florida. No, no, no. You have mistakes. And we need to get them corrected. And that, like I said, when we beat Pitt, it's the best way to learn. Like, you don't want to learn on a loss. You want to learn on a, on a win. And I will say this, on that fourth and two that they scored on the, for their first touchdown uh, when they were down 17, it was actually really smart. I, I looked at it pre-snap. They put trips to the right, and we looked like we were in man there, and it looked everything was good. And then they have Kamal Haddon, who's the solo corner to the right. And usually I love him in that position, but since there was no – wide receiver over there he was way in my opinion way too narrow in like he was almost like head up with like the tight end and tackle and when they did a run play uh ar went right but then he handed it back coming back left and so when they went around the edge there was not one defender there and so that's a great teaching point whether it's kamal or byron young or whoever the linebacker is like someone has to have container because you can't just let someone walk in effortlessly on fourth and two so it was a good play design but it was also you know it was someone messed up for the contain Definitely. I mean, I thought there were a few times where it's like, who has the edge? Someone on this defense has to have the edge. Like, defenses aren't taught like that where nobody's over there. Even on pass rush, like, I always hate it when a quarterback gets outside the pocket on the outside. I'm like, oh, there's so- definitely someone in pass rush. I don't care if you're rushing just three. I don't care if you're rushing six and doing a blitz. Somebody has each edge. It's someone's job. Someone fucked up. But we won. So on to the next. Here you go. Ah, we'll see y'all next year, baby. Cut it out. Get out of here. All right. Tell me what tell me what you think about what you what you saw and what you think about um LSU. Um I I mean I have a lot of confidence going to LSU. Uh, first off, I mean, let's talk about the fact we got 
so lucky that it is a noon kickoff and it's oh. not at night. I mean, you have no idea because I was like searching on YouTube LSU versus Auburn and like highlights and stuff like that. And the amount of LSU podcasts that are like pissed off about having a new kickoff versus us is hilarious. They're so mad and it makes sense because it helps. It's very much in our favor. Um, I watching this game, especially the first half, like LSU's guys were, I, I think it was like playing so aggressive. They were just biting and biting and biting on defense. And Auburn was just like, okay, like sweet. Just dump it over your head. Dump it over your right. head. Dump it over. Like it was easy. Um, I think they got it more corrected towards the end of the game because Auburn did have more struggles where the coach was just like, listen, y'all, like stay in your fucking zone. Like, where are you going? Um, but then like watching their defense and seeing like trying to find their strength or trying to find their weakness, I just kept going back over my head going, it doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. Like the way I look at our offense, it doesn't matter what they have out there, especially because it's LSU and like they're in a down year. They don't have as many guys like it's going to matter versus Georgia. It's going to matter versus Bama. But like versus LSU, I'm like, we're still going to get 30 plus points. I know that like we always do. And I'm not worried about it. So it like almost really just put it in my head. If this off, if LSU's offense can't score 30 points, we will win the game. And watching their offense, they will not be able to score 30 points. It's really funny you say that because it's just as simple as that. Sometimes, like, I, I, I'm saying, like, that's a good point because I didn't think about that. But, like, if they can't put 30 on the board, like, see you later. Yeah. I, I, first off, I'm watching this game and, like, really, it had a chance to not even be a game. I mean, it's 14 nothing. They got lucky with that if they don't get if they don't get that strip sack, not only when they got the strip sack, was it a great play by LSU? I mean, shocker, LSU's got athletes coming off the edge. I mean, they're going to have some athletes. They're He's gonna have good. He actually is good. He he. I was watching his, like, pass rush moves. Like, he actually had some good stuff, number 18. Like, he's a beast. Yeah, I mean, it's it's LSU. They can still have a down year and not be good, doesn't matter who the coaches are. Like, if they just halfway recruit the area of Louisiana, they're going to have a couple guys that are just ballers. So, but the thing is, is, like, he made I'm not saying it was I'm not saying lucky because he made the play. I'm just saying they were really close to letting that game get out of hand. If Auburn drives down again and gets another field goal or touchdown and you're looking at a three score game, like that's that's not ideal if you're LSU. But the fact that it did get lucky that the ball bounced kind of went right in and they scored off of it. You know, what I mean they didn't have to earn anything. Auburn didn't get a chance to defend a blade of grass. And so, you know, you're watching that and I saw that. I'm like, okay. Let, let me see if they capitalize on this. Like, let, let me see what's going on. And it's really funny, too, because I'm kind of the same way as you are. I'm like, which is which is great as a Tennessee fan to feel this way. It's kind of like if we do what we're supposed to do, this team's not beating us. And we're probably not going to feel that way until Bama and, and Georgia, you know. And so it's like I, I just, I just want us to play a clean game. I, I really feel like if we just go down there and play a clean game. Yeah that we could be looking at a situation that we've put ourselves in like Florida or Pitt to where we can really put the game away in the second half. Now in Pitt, we obviously have documented that we allowed Pitt back in the game. 
with block punts, muff punts, you know, um, not not executing, you know, Cedric hit, let him hit one hit in, in the face, you know, whatever. They still won the game, and that's a big deal. Then we go to Florida. We controlled that game until we didn't. I mean, th- th- it should have never been in the situation. Kyle, are you there? Yeah. Sorry, my phone just blinked. Um, but but if you just put yourself in that situation and then go ahead and, and finish it off, mm-hmm. then I don't – you know, and honestly, I'll say this. It's probably not going to happen. I think this will probably be somewhat of a fourth-quarter game. I think we'll we'll play well, but they'll have a chance to get it within 10. You know, maybe we're up 17 or 21, and they make it a two-score game, and mm-hmm. they have a chance. But, like, I, I still think that we're going to win. I mean, the spread's – you know, the spread's Tennessee's only favored by four. I mean, so they're – you know, and if that ta- if that game's here in Knoxville, I think we're favored by, like, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, maybe. I think – I mean, they always give, like, a three-point buffer based off of where you're located. So, it's like – if we were at Tennessee, they'd probably give us like if it was an even matchup, it would be, you know, minus three Tennessee. If it's minus four Tennessee, that's probably like a minus seven, you know, at Tennessee. Right. So like, yeah, I, I I see what you're saying that like it could possibly be a fourth quarter just based on Pitt and based on Florida. Our right. you know, our two tests that we've had so far that it could be a fourth quarter game. But, man, like, the way that Anthony Richardson performed is I do not see Jaden Daniels doing the same thing. And our defense is going to be doing the exact same thing they did versus Florida. They're going to be running the same defenses. They're going to be doing the exact same thing because all it is is stopping the run game, stopping their two running backs, and making the quarterback throw which is exactly the game plan for Florida. I mean, it like lines up perfectly for us that we literally got a test of it before we play LSU. Um, But I, I understand what you're saying, but I just really, I I cannot imagine this team scoring enough points. They only scored 14, their offense only scored 14 versus Auburn. And I literally went through their drives on nine of thirteen drives, they punted. Well, Kyler, what did I what did I say? I'm worried about us not playing a clean game and turning it over. So their offense might not score thirty, but I mean, you give them a pick six, you get a fumble, you give them short field position, mm-hmm. um, you know, you give up something on special teams. So it, I'm yeah, I'm not necessarily worried about them. And the funny thing is, you you stole my thunder because I was going to say the exact same thing. The game plan is the exact same game plan that we just had against Anthony Richardson. That that's it. So it's like. Yeah, I'm not afraid of. Listen, Auburn's not a very good team. I mean, they're they're just they're just not. Their coach is about to get fired. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I think so too. So, so I I, LSU is the better team. Um, and and if I'm not mistaken, and I should have checked this, and I can pop it back up here in just a second. I can pull my work laptop up, but I I mean, Jaden Daniels got hurt. If I'm not mistaken. So I don't know kind of what his status or anything like that. They but, said it was like one thing said it was like a knee to knee in like contacts. Oh, it just hit or and I saw one tackle where he like landed on his knee. I think that had to do with it too. But they don't think it's too bad. And Brian Kelly said after the game that he held him out because he is such a dual threat that he didn't want to like hurt anything smart. going forward. Right. So. Smart. 
Okay. Yeah. So, so listen, it's, it's going to be the exact same thing. And, and, and you know what? I feel good about it. I mean, I, I've been really impressed with our defense stopping the run. You know, I, I really have, um, whether it's the D line linebackers, you know, it's the entire front seven, whoever the reason for it is. I mean, I've been pretty impressed because we're third in the nation and stopping the run. And we've had to play Florida once and we played Pitt. I mean, both those are pretty quality teams through four games um, and the funny thing is about Pitt, man, they they busted a couple long ones on us that we talked about that were just they caught us in good defenses. And if it wasn't even for those longer runs, we'd probably be second, you know, in the in the SEC or second overall and in yeah, stopping. I the- mean, Florida is known as a running team, and Pitt, like Pat Narduzzi, the whole offseason was like, we are going to be a running team. So we were able, like, both of those on our schedule were still like number two. Uh, I mean, that's pretty damn good. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. So. Um, the other thing too, about the 11 o'clock kick, like, you know, 12 o'clock here, but 11 o'clock there, like, I, you know, obviously I love it. I I've been talking, I, I really thought there was a group of us going down. I really wanted to go to this game. Once I found out that the group kind of fell apart and that we weren't going to be able to make it happen because of some births. And then there's some weddings and some travel and all this stuff. I called Kyle. I was like, all right, I'll buy some tickets. Like, just let's, let's go down there. But Unfortunately, Kyler can't, so that's okay. But because I, I, I just want to go down and experience that. But the fact that, like I've always said on here, selfishly, I wanted it to be a night game because I thought I was going. Well, I'm not going, so I couldn't be happier that it's yeah. a daytime. Now your boy gets to just wake up and watch game day and roll right into watching the game. Oh, Do you yeah. know how much it would have stinked if we had a bye week and then we had to wait till like seven o'clock? Like it would have been. <laughs> I know. But I know. It, it is insane, though. It's hilarious that CBS did not pick this game up, which is totally fine with me because. It helps us. It's better for us. I don't have to – personally, I don't have to wait. I get to watch it right when, you know, in the morning. It's probably better for the team. It's better because the Cajuns down there are going to still be asleep or drunk from the night before and, and hung over. You know, but, like, it's a, it's kind of honestly a travesty that the probably the best game of the weekend because A&M and Bama is not going to be anything. I mean, A&M is what they are, like I say, it every year on this pod. They're going to choke it, you know, whatever. And, and then so, Auburn versus Georgia, like what? Yeah, I know that's supposed to be a rivalry, but congrats, man. Like that's the, what happened with Auburn. I mean, excuse me, what, what happened with Georgia last night? I wouldn't be surprised if Georgia came out, absolutely rolled Auburn because Kirby's going to be in their ass this ass. week. Well, also the Kent State game. The fact oh, that it was a close game there. It's two close games in a row. I thought like, you know, maybe they're just asleep of the wheel because it's Kent State and they're not really paying attention, but then they do it again and they yeah. have just like stupid turnovers on like reads. Like, I, it was just very undisciplined football where it's, I don't know if the guys got a little too big for their britches and were just like, this is Missouri. I don't have to worry about them. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know because I was watching it, but I was not, I mean, I'm not game filming sitting there with Kirby is like, did, oh, did Missouri, like, play up – you know, did they play super well or are you guys just sucking, you know, big time, whatever the case may be. But um, – Well, Kirby yeah. said afterwards, he's like, it's hard it's hard to win yeah. any game in the SEC. I'm like, bro, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, it's hard to play in fucking Columbia, Missouri. Like, no, hey, no up, bro. No BS. I'm so happy you said that. I was – I had just gotten home from driving in. I actually got home in time to watch, like, last five or six minutes of that game and – my dad and I were sitting there, and I looked over my dad, and I was like, I just started smiling. I was like, these coaches, bro. I was like, because he was like, oh, it's hard. It's hard to win on any – he's like, I'm telling people, 
it's the best conference in the league or in the nation. He's like, every week, it's, you got to be ready. And I'm like, bro, you were a 25-point or 28-point favorite. Like, calm down. <laughs> I think it was in the 30s. Yeah, and it was the last time I saw it was 28. But, yeah, it could have easily crept as the day went on. But, um, yeah, so, you know, for me, it's great that it's 11 o'clock. I'm, I'm pumped and um, I'm excited. Uh, Tennessee's the better team. So you just got to go prove it. it. It's another one of those, you know, you don't want to be looking ahead because if we win this yeah. and Bama feels business against A&M, then, you know, you're you're looking at a definitely a top 10, maybe a top five, six matchup. And, you know, maybe college game days here again. You know, I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I, I mean, I think they have to be. I, I, I mean, it's a top 10 matchup there. I mean, the well, last week's was what Clemson, North Carolina State. Like that was the closest that we've had this year in college football. This is going to be the highest ranked matchup, us versus Bama. If we, if we win this LSU game, like this is going to be the highest ranked game of the year. College game day is going to be there. It's going to be CBS. It's going to be absolutely bonkers, bonkers in Knoxville. Um, and I. I think this LSU game is one that isn't a heart attack game. It isn't one that we're nervous about. It, it, like, I think this was one that they're going to take care of business. I think the bye week helps. I think getting guys healthy again, getting guys rest, I think that all helps. And more study, more film study, more looking into what they do and what, what they can do. And I mean, it just lines up great for us. I, like everything is lining up great for us to just – win this game yeah but that's what makes me nervous because usually in sports when everything lines up well is when something stupid happens because you're like you know it's just like the oh they're the better team uh it's all lining up they're coming off the bye da, 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 da. and then you look up and it's like what the hell just happened like why are we coming out sluggish like why are you know you're just shooting yourself in the foot but 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 like i i see what you're saying and i do trust this team and if you think about it the last couple noon kickoffs that we had SEC games last year was Missouri, South Carolina, and we absolutely – I mean, it was 28-0 before Beamer and Eli Gayowitz even, like, opened their eyes. You know, yeah. I mean, they, they didn't Shane know what Beamer happened. down 28. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, like, if we can go out and do that, like I said, with Tennessee, this this team has a pretty, pretty high ceiling, in my opinion. Um, but – and. And you know the other thing is, too, and this is the last thing that I'll say kind of about the Florida game, is, like, Florida kind of gave us everything they had. Like, Florida, like, Anthony Richardson played his best game. Like, besides the fact that they had a couple MAs, like, misassignments, like, they pretty much swung and hit us as hard as they could. And we just sat there and ate those punches and then knocked them right back out. Like, Mm -hmm. we did what we had to do. Um, so that makes me feel good is like maybe against Pitt and Florida, we haven't even played a complete game and we've handled two pretty good teams. Yeah. And so like, that's what makes me feel pretty good about the, about the ceiling. And, um, so that's why I'm like, all right, let's, let's maybe go try to put as, as complete of a game as you can. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is too, that I was thinking about Kyler, that Florida game made me feel like I was watching Tennessee of years past where it's like, we hit the team in the mouth and we're playing pretty well, and we're getting our hopes up, and we're excited, and we got them on the ropes. But then we end up losing the game because we don't make the uh, the plays that the other team makes. We have a couple missed assignments. We kind of do something where it's like – and then we're the ones left at, at, at the altar kind of like, oh, we could have. Like, I'm on the phone with you. I'm on the phone with Jack. I'm on the phone with my dad. I'm on the phone with all my other buddies. And we're talking. It's like, man, we – 
we had the chance, but we just we didn't make this play. We didn't make that play. And there's and only there's, one difference. So it's nice this year that we are winning those games so far. Yeah, there's only one difference. I mean, you can't tell me this didn't give you the up 13 at Florida in 2015 feel. Uh, you, you can't tell me the pit game didn't give you the up five versus Bama at Bama feel where it's like, okay, we got this. And then all of a sudden it's just, they do whatever they want. They score. It's Florida. They did whatever or, they, or, they score. It's yeah. just like, uh, what's happening. We, we had this game. This was ours. This was, yeah. and it falls apart. And that has, those feelings have crept twice, twice this year. And we've been able to put them to bed. We've been able I mean, to finish the game and win. Yeah, it's all, and I know it's all because of Heupel. It's all because of this team. And it's all because of a senior-led quarterback, and you know, uh, a lot of some uh, just the seniors in general, the coaching staff, the everything. Like you, you got to learn to win and build that culture. I mean, listen, people talk about culture and and talk about um, learning to win. Like that that stuff is it, it is real. Like it it really is real. Like I I know for a hundred percent fact. Like when we just in high school ball, like when we were at Knoxville Catholic and we had Coach Pimmert in there. We went out and like my freshman to junior year, like we knew we were going to win every game. Like we just knew it. So like when we lost, it was a legitimate like shock. Like we lost in the playoffs my freshman year. We lost in the playoffs my sophomore year. And then junior year, we go 15 and 0. And like I'm talking about even like I've always said this on here before, but like passing leagues, scrimmages, I don't care what it was. Like we showed up, we knew we were going to win and we just handled business. And like when you create a culture like that, or like one of the reasons I love Brable and the Titans. Like, Vrabel is – comes from that Belichick. Like, it doesn't matter who it is. Next man up, you're going to play. Just do your job. You don't have to be special. Just do what we're asking to do. Like, if I ask you to stay in this A-gap, just be in the A-gap. doesn't matter if you don't make that's the tackle. Like, just do your job. And so, like, when you build a culture, when you build those things, that stuff really, really matters, and Heupel's doing that. I'm not going to say we're going to win every game because we still don't have certain dudes. Like, we still don't have difference makers in the defensive backfield. Like, I feel Kamal Haddon has that chance but like, Tank and Trey, like they are who they are, a little bit above average sometimes, a little bit below average. You know, maybe Christian Charles can work his way up. Like maybe some of the younger guys are going to become that. But like, you know, just I just it just was nice to feel that that we we closed it out when we needed to, and that team gave us everything they had, and we still yeah. won the game. Yeah, and I, I knew today would be a little bit shorter of a podcast just because you know we didn't have a game. We didn't have to like we'll rewatch film and go over everything. So I did want to talk a little bit about SEC. Now we already mentioned Georgia, Missouri, um, and what was going on there. But another huge game that happened was Kentucky Ole Miss, and Ole Miss comes away with the victory. I I mean, like Kentucky is gonna Kentucky. Like that's that's literally all it is. I wanted them to win out and then only lose to us, but you know, you don't always get what you wish for. I when we before we started the season, I said there's these games that we're gonna win, there's these games that we're probably gonna lose, and then there's five games that are on the fence. And I picked us to go five and zero in those games. You gave me shit about it. We are two and zero right now, yeah. and in LSU looks like three. And what Kentucky and South Carolina have put on film this year makes me feel like I made a great choice and I made a great bet that those toss-up games were, were going 5-0. I mean, 
Kentucky had every single opportunity to win that game, and they pissed down their leg. They had horrible penalties, stupid penalties, prevented their game-winning touchdown. They Will Levis fumbles twice and once, and literally just ends the game. And I'm like, this guy's supposed to be a first. This supposed to be a first overall pick. This guy's supposed to be what a Heisman? Like, if you if you're a top ten team and you're supposed to have a first overall pick quarterback, you don't lose those games. Agreed completely. I, I you know I wanted both teams to win. I don't like Kiffin. I don't like Kentucky. I I actually thought Ole Miss would win the game. I just I just trust Kiffin on game day. As lame as he is, I trust him. They're at home. You know, if they got up on Kentucky, then it was going to be maybe a little bit tougher for Kentucky to come back. But um, Twitter was incredible yesterday. Everyone, just everyone. I'm talking like whether it was Vol Twitter or national media columnists, just giving it to Will Levis. Like, I mean, they were just – and it's not the kid's fault. It's really not his fault that if people just – you know, if all these – if Mel Kiper, Todd McShay, all these national people are giving him all this credit and say that he looks like the most pro-typical – you know, pro-ready quarterback. Like, that's not his fault, but, like, damn it, it does not feel good when if someone puts all that praise on you and you come out and, like you say, pee down your leg. Like, it's it's not great. But it was uh, – Twitter was hilarious for sure. And it's going to be funny to see because I just listened to one of my favorite podcasts, the Ryan Rosillo podcast, and he had Tom McShay on there, like, last week. So when he has him on in a couple weeks, we'll, we'll hear what he says. But they still say that – you know, Levis and CJ and and Bryce Young are the ones that are kind of like head over the rest of these guys. And this was after the Florida performance by Hendon. And and Todd McShay mentioned uh, Hendon, but it was kind of like almost in passing a little bit, like, hey, his stock's rising, but that was about it. So um, it'll be interesting to see how Will finishes the year and how uh, kind of things project. But, um, yeah. I, just, I, literally, I literally do not understand – what these guys see in Will Levis. Like, is it literally just his size and his, like, measurables? I mean, guys, turn on the damn tape. Like, turn on the tape and tell me that he's a better quarterback than Hendon. I, I, I You can't tell me that. There's no well, way. I'll, I'll say this. So, I I, I mean, do they honestly think Hendon's success is only because of Heupel? Well, is that's that what, what it's coming down to? Well, I, that's exactly what I was about to say is I got a group of buddies that argue who's better, Dobbs or, or Hendon. And sometimes I just don't even think it's fair that, I mean, one has Butch Jones and one has Coach Heupel. Like, it's just it's just kind of – it's kind of tough. So, you don't think Dobbs is going to put up ridiculous numbers in this offense? You know, is Hendon as good as Dobbs was with Butch? Like, and I'm not going to knock Butch. I mean, his offense was decent. Uh, there was plenty of times where it was smoking and running pretty well. Um, but there's definitely not an argument on who's the better offensive mind or who's the better coach. Um, that it's just there's they, there can't be an argument really there. And I'll, I'll try and answer that question to the best of my ability because I play with Dobbs and I'm watching Hendon. Yeah, but I don't trust what you say because you were very close with Dobbs. So, no, and you're- but listen, I think what I've seen out of Hendon, his arm talent and his accuracy in that realm is better than what Dobbs was. This guy has way higher completion percentage. He's hitting the guys when he needs to. He's going through his progressions. He's not forcing balls where, you know, forcing turnovers, all that kind of stuff. But there's maybe two or three quarterbacks I would pick above Dobbs running the ball 
maybe like ever like Dobbs running the ball is insane and I know people were like I loved Hinden when he got out of that sack and ran out of the field and it kind of reminded me of Dobbs y'all don't understand this man and how he was able to break tackles and get out of the worst situations it was like he saved my ass from letting up sacks multiple times so I, I will say like Dobbs running ability is better than Hinden's but Hendon's passing and decision-making in passing has impressed me more than, than Dobbs did. First off, did you hear me say, cause you're trash. <laughs> and you said, when you said Josh got you, got you out of a bunch of stuff, giving up a bunch of sacks. I said, yeah, cause you're trash. <laughs> uh, first off, that's but that's what the argument always is. That that's what the, the people on Dobbs side said. He was a better runner. I think we can all see that. And and then people say Hinden's a better thrower. I think you can see that. I think just naturally a better thrower. But then again, like completion percentage, the the the, the more touchdowns, the less interceptions. Sometimes I can still bring that back to to Heupel. I mean, some of these some of these things that you see from Heupel, it's like he's there, and if he's not, then like get rid of it or throw. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's there's so many. It's just a such a quarterback friendly, and that's just not even with Heupel. I mean, a lot of these offenses nowadays, whether it's Ohio State and Ryan Day or maybe some of the stuff that Dabo was doing or uh, Mike Leach or, 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 or all the damn teams across the country that are coming off that Leach, you know, system. I mean, it's just so quarterback friendly that that's why some of these guys do have a hard time transitioning to the league because it is so easy for them. I mean, the guys aren't even huddling up sometimes. They're not going under center. They're not even sometimes calling plays because their coach is calling plays from the sideline. So there's just so much, there's so much stuff to it. Um, but listen, Dobbs is fantastic. I'm, I'm Hooker's fantastic. I, I personally am not going to pick because I, I just don't. I just don't. It, it's apples to orange because of the coaches, in my opinion. So that's how yeah. I leave it. Um, it's like who's a better left tackle, you know, Kyler Curveson or Mincy? You know, like it's just hard to really decide which one is better. <laughs> hey, you're always my left tackle. You can you can block my blind side any day. Thank you. I appreciate uh, that. Good pod. Go Vols. See you guys next week, hopefully after a massive win. That's right. All right. Appreciate you guys watching and listening. Uh, If you are watching, please subscribe, like, hit that notification bell. If you're just listening, rate and review, uh, download and re-download. It helps. Um, And share with everyone. Share with all the fans that you know. Share with the people you're sitting next to at the game. Tell them you found this great podcast and these guys are hilarious and break down the game in a good way. Um, and if you want to follow us on social media at Believe in Tennessee on our Twitter for our main account at rbacon26 for read at Kyler Curbison for Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of it. It's all the same. Um, and just really appreciate you guys. I mean, your support has been awesome. All the people that showed up, you know, two weeks ago to Florida game and that we met and everyone who came up to us and saying they love the podcast. Like you guys don't know how amazing that makes us feel um so very very much appreciated love you guys always uh and as always go all. thank you for listening to believe 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.